Play the movie. Yeah, play. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Milk Movies Podcast. We started out last week talking about Star Wars. It was May the 4th and Star Wars Day. Today, same thing. We're going to be going all the way back to last week. Typically, if you haven't really caught on yet, when I break down movie news, I try to go in order, you know, from, you know, when I recorded until when I recorded. Um, so, like I said, last week, Star Wars Day, Star Wars officially announced that Taika Waititi will officially be directing a new Star Wars movie. Don't know anything more than that, but that's still awesome news. It was a great time to announce and everybody's obviously focused on Star Wars. If you even know a lick about movies, I feel like you have to know who Taika Waititi is. Um, so this is just awesome news. If you followed along and watched uh, The Mandalorian when that came out last fall with the launch of Disney+, Plus, um, Taika Waititi had a big uh, role in that show being as great as it was. He's obviously done great things with... Um, with uh, the MCU and how he really just revived what Thor was. So this is just really awesome. We don't know anything about it yet. I can't imagine we're going to know anything for a long time. The news was just announced. Um, I don't know what they're going to tackle, but again, just exciting. Netflix, they greenlit Extraction 2. I want to say yay. Uh, They did sign Joe Russo to write the script, so that's at least good news that there's going to be some continuity there. Um, but this is risky in my opinion. I really liked the first extraction. Um, I know I just talked about that in one of my recent episodes. Um, but the reason I say it's risky is because you don't want to risk ruining the ambiguity of the ending of the first movie or go in over your head on a story or universe that can't be expanded. Now, what better, you know, person or people to have running a situation like this than the Russo brothers. Obviously, I think it's just Joe Russo that's signed on to do it so far. Um, But with all the work they did to bring the MCU together the way they did with those 20-plus movies, uh, that's a good thing. The first one was awesome. I'm hoping the second one is just as good. So um, just I'm I'm optimistic about this being a, a good movie. So that's that. Sticking with Netflix, Spike Lee's latest joint, to Five Bloods, will be available on Netflix on June 12th. Stars Chadwick Boseman, another member of the MCU as Black Panther. So this is, I mean, this is exciting. We're getting another new movie. I feel like we're starting to get them, you know, here and there with just being available on streaming or on demand, whatever the case may be. This movie seems like it should be really good. Um, I don't know if it's going to have any sort of vibes like uh, Black Klansman did. Um, obviously that was a way heavier topic, but the synopsis for this movie tells the story of four African-American vets, Paul, Otis, Eddie, and Melvin, who returned to Vietnam. Searching for the remains of their fallen squad leader, played by Chadwick Boseman, and the promise of buried treasure, our heroes, joined by Paul's concerned brother, battles forces of man and nature while confronted by the lasting ravages of the immorality of the Vietnam War. So, another pretty heavy topic, um... But it's exciting. This is good news. June 12th on Netflix, like I said, for The Five Bloods. Sticking with June 12th, not Netflix, but June 12th, Judd Apatow's The King of Staten Island, this one starring Pete Davidson, will be available on demand. Again, June 12th. Synopsis for this movie. Scott, 
has been, and Scott is Pete Davidson, Scott has been a case of arrested development since his firefighter dad died. He spends his days smoking weed and dreaming of it being a tattoo artist until events force him to grapple with his grief and take his first steps toward, or excuse me, forward in life. Um, it's Judd Apatow, so I want to trust it. It looks like it should be funny, um, but I feel like it's going to be a drama comedy, drama comedy, if they even call it that. Um, should be good. Another movie that's going to be new and can't really complain when that, that happens these days. So uh, those two movies, same weekend, June 12th. Uh, another big-time director, director, another big-time name behind movies, Christopher Nolan. He is set to direct Tenet. He has been he's been fighting the good fight for movies to come back. And no, he's not really being a monster and trying to just force everybody back into the theaters and, you know, make everything normal again. Um, but he's been fighting to make sure that Tenet, his upcoming movie, does get to keep its July 17th release date. However, as of last Thursday, insiders believe that Warner Brothers is expected to decide within a week, I would assume that's in a week of last Thursday, if the movie will maintain this date or if it will be delayed. Now, I hope that we're able to get back to the theaters by then. I hope that movies are able to be, you know, available by then, but I'm not expecting it. We'll see. As always, I'll keep you guys in the loop with that. Christopher Nolan is, he's fighting for us. He's fighting for movies to come back. I know he really wants Tenet to be available July 17th. Um, with all these other movies that have been shifted, there are plenty of weekends that are available for him to move it back to. I can't imagine he'd have to move it too crazy far unless he wants... Obviously, the box office performs at different levels during different times of the year. We'll see what he does. We'll see what theaters do. Again, that's not new. But Christopher Nolan, keep fighting for us. We appreciate it. Two trailers came out last week. Uh, the one, I'm not really going to talk about a ton other than the fact that it exists. If you want to see the trailer for Shirley, starring Elizabeth Moss, she obviously starred in The Invisible Man earlier this year. It's crazy to think that we've even had new movies this year at all. Uh, but Shirley, again starring Elizabeth Moss, is it's coming soon, they said at the end of the trailer. I would imagine that is just because there's no point in saying when a movie is actually going to come out. I don't know when it was expected to come out. Um, but with the uncertainty of the times, and there's no, there's no point in committing to a date right now, obviously. So just coming soon. That's why I'm not going to say anything more about it. If you want to see the trailer, it looks pretty solid. Visit my Twitter timeline, at Milk Movies. You can see it there. The other trailer that I will talk about, because what is this movie? Becky, starring Kevin James as a Nazi convict. Yeah. Uh, Becky tells the story of a teenager's weekend at a lake house with her father after it takes a turn for the worst uh, when a group of convicts wreaks havoc on their lives. I can't see this movie being anything other than an awesome indie or... A complete embarrassment to film. If you see the trailer, it's, I mean, it definitely catches your attention to see Kevin James, if you haven't watched it yet, he has a swastika shaved into the back of his skull, and he's got a monster beard, and he just, I don't, it's a pretty unique movie, I will give it that. Go see the trailer again on my Twitter timeline. I, I don't even know what else to say about this movie. Don't know. Oh, June 5th. I forgot to put that in my notes, but that will be available June 5th. Um, that is the weekend prior to um, the Spike Lee and Judd Apatow movies. I think it's going to be available on demand. It wasn't very clear. I couldn't tell if they were saying, no, this movie should be available in theaters. 
and then they're going to obviously just have to push it back or if it will be available on demand. I'll try to, again, I'll post something on Twitter. If any of that changes, um, I can't help but think that I'll know more about that or they will just say more within the next week or so. But uh, again, Becky, Kevin James as a Nazi convict. Good news from that weird news, Comic-Con. No longer canceled. Comic-Con at home will still take place this summer. I should say this summer in quotes or just possibly uh, because the dates are to be determined. They Comic-Con released a video just basically announcing that Comic-Con at home is going to exist, which is good because we're just going to get more news about movies. For me, the main takeaway that I always have from Comic-Con is just anything related to Marvel um, or with DC trying to kind of revive itself. Maybe we'll get some exciting DC news. I would imagine that this is still going to take place in July, but they haven't announced anything other than the fact that it exists. Because I would tend to think that they are probably trying to figure out the logistics of who's going to be there and involved, how they're going to stream it, how how it's all going to unfold. They have, I mean, I don't want to say that they have a ton of time if it's going to happen in July, because with everything they got to pull together out of nowhere, it's got to make these decisions pretty quick. Um... But again, I'm hoping that it still happens in July. I'm hoping that we still get the same awesome news and video clips and everything that we were supposed to get. So that's that for news. Talking about what I will be discussing next week. Obviously movie news, but continuing on with the heater rewinds from 2019. Starting off with Jojo Rabbit. I love that movie. I want to call it perfect because to me, like that movie is perfect. But spoiler alert, probably not going to give it a perfect score. Um... I just love that movie. Not available on streaming. Totally worth the rent if you're willing to shell out a couple bucks for that. Uh, Scoob will be coming out on May 15th. That will be available to rent or buy. So another new movie. That is the animated story of Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Crew. I forgot. I always forget what they're called for some reason. But um, a pretty solid cast for that movie. I can't figure out how much this movie is for some reason. I got all the way to the... like. I went through like five different pages of their main website to see how much this movie was supposed to cost. I got all the way to the pre-order screen and like the pre-order button and it still just didn't show me a price. I don't know if it's going to be just randomly free for some reason or what the deal is on that. Uh, my guess is if you want to buy it, it's probably going to be $19.99 or like $14.99. If you want to rent it, just cut it in half is my guess. I have no idea. But either way, Jojo Rabbit next week for my 2019 Rewind and then Scoob for my my new movie uh, review. I plan on doing that. If anything changes, I'll keep you guys in the loop. I haven't decided if I'm going to have a third movie in there or not, like another rewind. So that part will probably just be a surprise. So look forward to that. Jumping to the rest of the episode now. Knives Out from 2019. Ugh. I, I drool over this movie. If you know me, if you've been listening to the podcast, if you care about movies, I think you know... I love whodunits, Knives Out, Chef's Kiss to this movie. Uh, that'll be first. I'm going to end it with Dinner for Schmucks. I want to end on a pretty just aggressively uh, not-so-happy note because I got some things to say about Dinner for Schmucks. So without further ado, let's do Knives Out. I love this movie. I love this movie. If you haven't heard me say it before, I know I just said it earlier, I love whodunits. The only problem with them is that it can often be easy to detect who, in fact, did it, or the mystery-solving side of it is just 
bland and not all that exciting. Enter Ryan Johnson and Knives Out. Knives Out is PG-13, directed by Ryan Johnson. It is categorized as a comedy, crime, and drama movie. It runs a luxurious two hours and 11 minutes, and it stars Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, and Anna de Armas, among others. Folks, we have our first perfect movie. Knives Out comes in at 100% full on the milk meter for all the right reasons. I just, I love this movie. And prior to starting Milk Movies, I made a mental note of the fact that I wanted to do my absolute best to avoid handing out high scores too often, especially not perfect 100s. Well, thanks to my love for the genre, whodunits, and Ryan Johnson being fed up with the backlash he received from Star Wars The Last Jedi, literally the reason he wanted to make Knives Out in the first place, I discovered one of my favorite movies of all time before the thought of milk movies had even entered my mind. As a result, we're here today discussing my first perfect movie. Now, if you're not as big of a fan of whodunits as I am, or discovering who actually committed the crime inevitably takes away from your ability to appreciate a movie like this, I can totally understand that and see why you don't love Knives Out as much as I do. I think you're wrong, but I get it. Even then, everyone that has seen this movie has to have some feeling of, wow, that was a great movie and Ryan Johnson really flipped the genre on its head. Or, simply put, I haven't seen a movie like that before. Incredible mystery and story aside, how about the ensemble cast? Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, and Anna de Armas, like I mentioned, plus Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Christopher Plummer, and Catherine Langford. Unbelievable. Plus, depending on how familiar you are with these names, Frank Oz and Edie Patterson being involved in this movie too just added to what was an already stacked cast. It can be incredibly difficult to pull a cast like this together and have everyone's role be strong and believable, but Ryan Johnson figured it out. And although this movie could have remained strong without them, having them absolutely took Knives Out to an outrageous level. Back to my point about Ryan Johnson's motivation for this movie, how about that? After receiving aggressively harsh criticism from audiences for his job on Star Wars The Last Jedi, he just said, you know what guys? I don't suck. You suck. And I'm going to prove it by making a perfect movie that everyone will love and will live on forever as the greatest whodunit of all time. Maybe he didn't say all of that, but after seeing that movie, he may as well have. A perfect movie from one of my favorite genres. I will not only recommend you see Knives Out, I will demand you see Knives Out before the day is done. Stop listening Go see Knives Out, and get excited for the story of Benoit Blanc to continue down the road. I don't know how it happened, and I will never be able to explain it, but being tricked into seeing this movie three times is not right, it's not fair, and I need to get to the bottom of how this came to be. Dinner for Schmucks is rated PG-13. It is directed by Jay Roach, categorized as a uh, comedy movie, uh, Asterix, uh, it runs one hour and 54 minutes long, and it stars Steve Carell, Paul Rudd, and Stephanie uh, Zostak. 40% full on the milk meter. 
And here's some context for my dilemma. I had seen this movie twice, and I vividly remember there being one time in which I didn't care for it, and another time when I nearly peed my pants from laughing so hard. I believe it was on its second viewing that I nearly peed, but that's part of the mystery behind this movie. When did I enjoy it, and why did I enjoy it? To put the mystery to a close, apparently, something came over me not too long ago, and it led me to seeing Dinner for Schmucks a third time. Let me tell you. See this movie once? Fine. See it a second time? Strange. But I've always been a supporter of seeing movies several times and as many times as you'd like, so you do you. You see Dinner for Schmucks three times? Call 911. Your eyes are bleeding, your ears will be ringing, and your brain will have melted. Don't get me wrong. I love Paul Rudd in everything he does, and I of course enjoy seeing Steve Carell be the goofy monster that he can often be. But I just, I don't get this movie. There is a generally sweet story that plays out, and, and there are most definitely parts that I can still get a chuckle out of. Like when Zach Galifianakis, he's in this for like five minutes. He's got like a kind of weird role. When you first come across him, he's kind of funny. Like I, I laugh at those parts. There are certain things that Steve Carell does. They're funny. Paul Rudd is so likable that, you know, his interactions with these crazy people, it's just you can still find these ways to like the movie. That's why I gave it a 40 instead of like a zero. The frustration with this movie comes from, one, it's obviously not incredible, but two, I don't know how I saw this movie three times now. So... I just, I can't see this movie ever again. I can't and I won't see this movie a fourth time. See it if you'd like, but I truly, truly, truly hope that you would just be seeing it for the first time. And I also hope that you never feel the need to see it again. And then again, like me. Dinner for Schmucks will go down in my personal history as the most peculiar movie experience of my entire life. That's all I have for you guys with movie news and movie reviews. Next week, for sure, Jojo Rabbit. Probably Scoob, if you want to rent it yourself. Or buy it, I don't know why you'd buy it, but if you want to just see Scoob, you can rent it or buy it. And then, the third movie is To Be Determined. Thank you guys for listening. Hasta la vista.